I just All ask right. Gavin if he speaks from his throat or from his chest and he doesn't know the difference. I don't know. But I don't understand. That, no, that's that's legitimately like asking me, like, dude, how do you breathe? Like this way or this way? No, like, no, do you remember that, Do you remember that scene in Coda where like a music teacher's like, you gotta speak from your chest? And he's like, and he's like, they're doing like a vocal exercise. He's like, puff, 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 puff. I don't know. I heard that you're supposed to speak from your chest when you're like trying to project your voice, you know? Oh, when you're trying to project, cast. sure. That's when, yeah, that's when you put more into it. But I, I, I'm not trying. Hello, to my name is Kyle, and this yeah, is Picture Box, and we. There we go. That's chest speaking right there. Did you, did you hear it? Did it? Was there a noticeable difference? There was a noticeable difference. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna try speaking from my chest this whole episode. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. I can't do it. My my belly is already hurting. I don't know how to do it, <laughs> Kevin. Yeah, I guess that requires training. Anyways, you're listening to Picture Box, where me and Gavin come together once a week, talk about a movie, yeah. and then we cry afterwards Yeah, because we hate movies. I'm just joking. I love movies. Gavin hates movies. I do hate movies. They suck. Yeah. The no, worst. I also hate them. Uh, <laughs> anyways, it is Saturday, 8.29 a.m. And I have spent all last night playing Splatoon 3. Really? Not really. But like all Friday, I was like procrastinating. And as soon as I got home, I played Splatoon 3 until sunset. And then I cannot wait till tonight because I'm going to play Splatoon 3 all throughout the weekend. Because I procrastinate and I don't do any work. Yep. Splatoon 3 is like the greatest game ever, Gavin. Mm-hmm. Honest to God. Honest to God. Every game that comes out, people say that. No. So, like, I'm not, like, a huge gamer. I actually, like, I don't play, like, any games at all, actually. Like. Yeah, no, you really only play games from, like, franchises that you're connected to and stuff like that. Really, I only play games from the company called Nintendo. Yeah. Yeah. I I have no interest in any of the games, unless it comes specifically from Nintendo. You know, there's like a couple Blizzard games I'll play or a couple Sony games I'll play. But, you know, for the most part, I stick really true to Nintendo. I'm actually okay, I'm a gamer if you're consider if you consider being a Nintendo fan a gamer, which I yeah, feel Yeah, like, it is cuz Nintendo's the best. Yeah, because like I have quite a surplus of Nintendo consoles and handhelds. Um and I stick to that. I mean, I have a PS5, but okay. How did you get a PS5? I do you not remember that post that I made like on my Instagram story? It was the year that the PS5 came out. It was 2020. It was around November. And like it was like when everyone still couldn't get a PS5. And uh I remember I hold on, I'll send you a photo right now. Um Dude, what? And, and I remember that everyone still couldn't get a PS5. And I uh waited outside GameStop like the night before to get a ps5 and it was really really it was a really terrible experience but uh i posted a photo of my instagram story saying i got myself a new 4k blu-ray player because that was like the main purpose why i was getting a ps5 it wasn't because i actually wanted a game on it because i don't really play too many sony games like i'm gonna get god of war ragnarok when that comes out but like outside of like the Persona franchise, there's no reason to get a Sony 
console especially since persona 5 is about to come onto the xbox so at this point like persona like was like the only thing that i would actually play like i have like 500 hours in persona 5 for my ps4 jesus you don't you like persona no i never played persona but i know it's a good game i'm just saying like, like it I guess that makes sense because it's a JRPG, so you got to put like that many hours. So in one persona is like incredibly long. Yeah, like, you just want to like beat the base game like without anything. It's probably gonna take you at least eighty hours. Yeah, but like, and then there are like, there you... are how many different routes? Right, there are four different routes. Yeah, so there's multiple different endings. Um, and plus, like, there's like also like multiple different relationships relationships you can get in in persona 5 so like it's like choosing who you want to be with and stuff like that but uh yeah no but i remember when i posted it everyone got so pissed off at me because like no one could get a ps5 at a time and i was like got myself a new 4k blu-ray player yeah, and that's pretty like, much dude. it was pretty much true because like i basically only use my playstation 5 to play my 4k blu-rays because uh i remember one main reason why I decided to get a PS5 was because, like, I never had a 4K Blu-ray player, but I had so many 4Ks. I needed to get a 4K Blu-ray player regardless of if I got a PS5 or not. So I was like, might as well get a PS5 uh, in case I also want a game. Yeah. And it's a Dude, 4K that's pretty Blu-ray. funny, though. You were like, yeah. everyone, everyone two years later is still scrambling to get a PS5, and you're like, oh, 4K Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. Well, Gavin, when you come over, uh, we'll watch Wally on my PS5. That because dude, there's yeah. a 4K Wally criteria. 4K, dude. Oh, dude. That got announced two oh. days ago, guys, and I cannot tell you my excitement that we're getting a Wally 4K That's literally criterion. the most high Blu-ray release in in I don't even know how long. Like I have no, no idea. No, I I haven't been this hyped for a Criterion announcement since yeah. like a while. Like. Mm, I'm trying to remember. I was gonna say worst person, but that came out recently. I don't know. I'm I'm more hyped for this than worst person. I'm, I'm trying to think. Probably this is probably my most hyped criterion announcement, honestly. Of all time? Yeah, maybe. I might say marriage story. I was super hyped for the marriage story criterion because this is oh, like when like of course, yeah. Because this was like, when so like because this was when like Netflix and Criterion were like having like kind of an iffy relationship and they like had just started their partnership. Yeah. So, like, no one knew if it was going to be like a marriage story or Irishman criterion, and then both of them got into criterion. I was high. I was extremely high for both of those. Yeah, I have both of them somewhere in my bedroom. But yeah, no, the Wally criterion is going to be a must cop. That's a must cop for me. Uh, I got it. Yeah, get absolutely. That. November criterions are going to be crazy because I want. Dude, all they're of popping them. off. No, because I want Daisies. I want an Eternal Affairs trilogy. I want Malcolm X. I want Power of a Dog. I want Wally. So I'm yeah. getting all the November criterions, probably all the November new releases. So this is going to be a crazy uh, year for Criterion. So that's awesome. Do you think is do you, like do you think any, do you think any other Disney or Pixar movies are going to be on Criterion? Yes, I think this will be the start of a partnership. Uh, yeah, I, think, I, just, uh, I just don't know because uh, I feel like I feel like there are so I feel like there are only a small number of Disney slash Pixar movies that are good enough for Criterion. Yeah, like I feel like I feel like Lion King's possible. I feel like Fantasia, honestly, Fantasia is probably no. Fantasia is like the most art house animated movie at Disney's made. Probably, I think Fantasia is yeah. most likely. Probably, I think Ratatouille um, could get one. Yeah, Ratatouille would be a good one. 
I think maybe we could see Inside Out that one. Yeah. Or Soul. Or Soul. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty hype. That's pretty hype. Yeah, no, but that wall, that Wally Criterion is pretty hype. I'm, I'm yeah, so I feel like we're going to get a lot of the pre, um, like the very early Disney movies on Criterion. Really? I mean, yeah, I think definitely Fantasia for sure is, is probably a really likely option. I think Snow White as well is a yeah. likely option. Uh, in terms of like Pixar, yeah, probably Ratatouille is the most likely. I feel like besides like I, Ratatouille, Inside Out, and Soul, I mean, maybe you could get The Incredibles on it, but I doubt it. I doubt it. The Incredibles is, might be a little bit too too crap easy for the Criterion collection. Yeah. I don't know why I feel that, but I don't know. Yeah, but... Oh, I also think we could do Pinocchio. Yeah, I would, yeah, because I, I just saw Pinocchio, yeah. And I, I Honestly, think I think that. a lot of the Golden Age Disney films could probably get into Criterion, you know, Fantasia, exactly. Pinocchio, yeah. Bambi... Fantasia, Snow White, and maybe some of the Renaissance films. Like I know you mentioned Lion King. I could also see Being a Beast for sure getting on mm-hmm. there. You know, Being a Beast was the first animated film to ever get nominated for Best Picture. Yeah. So Dude, Hercules Criterion. That'd be high. Treasure Planet Criterion. That that's a part of the that's part of the 2001 era. I forgot what it's called. But like Leo yeah. and Stitch. But Treasure Planet would be a great criteria, but they're never gonna do it. But yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. Where were we? We just finished talking about Wally. Okay. <laughs> there we go. Okay. No, Wally was pretty good. I'm very excited for it to get Criterion release. Yeah. Okay. Gavin, did you hear about D23? I did. I did. Later than I would have liked to. I would have liked to be more prepared, but I do know now that it is D23 this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty cool. It was. Got some stuff I'm excited about, you know. I like I like Pixar. I like I, I really like it seems it's all mostly original concept from them. Disney not so much, but Pixar uh, we're going in the right direction. So Yeah. <laughs> Gavin, I'm so so sorry. This is I'm like I'm like thinking about like how funny this is because like obviously D23 is like kind of you know I I've never really understood why do we why does he why does Disney have their own convention? Like, they like that. Yeah. Because they can and they're like boom gotcha. Because they want to show off. Yeah, they yeah, want to the, share time with these other studios. Are you kidding me? Yeah, but for the most part, it was all pretty awesome. Pretty great announcements. I was really excited for everything that I saw. Well, isn't is D23 for the investors? Yeah, no, well, it's D23 is a Disney fan club um, that you, like, buy into. And then, like, yeah. you can do it. And they have, like, a lot of special events and conferences. And they have that D23 Expo every two years. Yeah. Uh, as you know, I'm a big parks fan. I go to Disney parks often, and they usually have a great parks presentation every year. So that's always pretty cool. Uh, you know, movies as well, which is yeah, nice. and you're like, and there are movies too, but like, who cares? You know, the like, theme parks are better. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but we're getting MCU yeah. content today. Hopefully, we're getting a Fantastic Forecast. So, Gavin, you're a loser. 
No, I'm not a loser. Don't say that. No. Yes, you are. No, but for sure. You know, our episode today is on Marvel. Mm-hmm. Which will be fun. It will be fun because what I think your... I got... Yeah, go ahead. What was your opinion on Far From Home? On Far From Home? Yeah. Like the second one? Mm-hmm. I thought it was good. I didn't think it was as good as Homecoming, but I thought they were both in like the same ballpark. And I thought... I thought Mysterio wasn't as good as he could have been. I think that overall they wasted an actor. Like, they, they did for Jake Gyllenhaal what I thought they did for Christian Bale and Thor, where it was like, you had this actor, you could have... He, this Jake Gyllenhaal could have brought us, honestly, he performance-wise, he could have brought us the best MCU villain had he had the writing behind him. But I feel like they just wasted him a little bit. Oh, just a little bit, not completely. They, like, there was, some of, there was some of it there. But I thought it was fun. Uh, the more I watch it, the more I like it. Like it was, it's definitely something where I loved it. I loved it the first time I saw it, and then it went like down, and now it's going back up. So I like, I like Far From Home. I think it's mid. At best. Fair enough. I mean, yeah, but you think majority of MCU content is mid, so. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Okay, just calling me out right before the episode. I mean, so. dude, you know, gotta get it out there. Just gotta get a little like precursor for the audience. Kyle thinks majority of MCU projects are mid. It's just the way it is. Yeah. Did you did you see that the queen died? I did. I'm I so really sorry. Have... We're, we're, we're just bouncing from topic to topic. I don't really have any thoughts on it. Yeah, it's sad. I mean, we're gonna have a king for the first time in how many years? Like seventy. Yeah. I don't know. I guess like I was just thinking about because like I mentioned Far From Home and then Far From Home takes place in Europe and I'm like, and I just saw that queen dying. Yeah, I guess I'm a citizen of the Commonwealth. So what? I'm a citizen of the Commonwealth. So I guess she was my queen. How? I have citizenship with Jamaica. Oh yeah, that's right. Okay, yeah, that's yeah. All right, true. Yeah, so she was my queen. She and Charles was my head of state. So yeah, yeah. I I'm pretty indifferent towards it though. I was about to say, I'm sorry for your loss, man. I know you really cared about Queen Elizabeth. That's <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> I'm pretty indifferent. But uh, my mom was sad. She was very sad. She was crying, and I was like, okay. So many people were so sad, and I'm so confused about why we care about the royal, the royal family so much. No, I, was like, like, I thought we gained, I thought we gained independence from them. I don't. I, why do we care about their their royal family? Well, they have no political power. It's not like they can. Really yeah, they, yeah, they're not a government. They're just celebrities. But I mean, yeah. That's pretty much it. Yeah, that's about it. Yeah. Anyways. Sorry to all those who lost someone they cared about. No, me too as well. I mean, I guess I'm sad, but like not really as sad. I, I couldn't really care less about the Royals. Yeah. Uh, plus, I'm pretty sure like I'm surprised that my mom was so sad because like I thought Jamaica was like trying to get independence from them for like forever. Like I thought we wanted to become like a republic. So I was like, aren't you like super against the royals and she was like yeah, yeah. but it's also very sad so I was like, yeah okay and you were like all right all right okay no but uh ready to get into the discussion yeah let's no do way it. home we no talking, way home we're talking about spider-man yep. yeah gavin made me watch this movie five times i did not i didn't make you watch anything but there was a misinterpretation of words <laughs> <laughs> I went to, I because the note because Kyle brought me brought to me this idea 
we should do conversations about movies that we have wildly different opinions on, like Mad Max Fury Road, or like Joker, or No Way Home. Or Don John. Yeah, or Don John. And the No Way Home, more fun stuff version was in the theaters. And I was like, I'm going to go see this, or it's like getting released, so let's talk about it. And I didn't clear it up enough that I Kyle didn't have to go see the more stun fun stuff version, but I love you know. movies. Oh, I love you guys. Thanks, man. I love you too. Oh, I should have said thank you, like like they did in the movie. Damn. Yeah. No, this movie was stupid. I hated it. No, I, it's not. It was really bad. No. I I I feel this. I feel a lot of depression because I've seen Spider-Man five times and I no, don't want I'm to. ready to argue this. I'm ready to get into it. No, you can start. All right. Okay. So where do we start? Well, I guess let's start at the beginning. So in act one, I'll admit, roughest act of the movie. It doesn't really have a whole lot of style. It used to, This movie used to be five stars for me. It was five stars like the first two or three times I saw it. Um... But I have to knock it down to nine to a nine out of ten because it it does lack a lot of distinctive style. Like it's filmed like just a lot of the other Marvel movies and doesn't do a whole lot of cinematography wise, especially with some of the unfinished CG shots. However, however, I think that I honestly think the most fun stuff version, the first act was actually honestly like kind of improved because it got the tone of um earlier in the in the press of doing for the movie all the cast was like they had like they did a john hughes marathon during the production and it was very <laughs> john hughes inspired and i didn't really get that the first time around or the first like any other time that i watched it but i think i got that in the most fun stuff version it it felt more like a john hughes movie and i thought that was nice you know what is this a john hughes movie <laughs> yeah no no yeah. this no nah, man, uh, John Watts, the director of the Spider-Man Holland trilogy, he mm-hmm. he's like a robot, my dude. Yeah, I, he. I have to admit, I, I'm really not. Yeah, I don't see any distinct directorial style from any of his movies. I'm really but glad I, he's not directing Fantastic Four anymore. Yeah, no, this is just nothing. Uh, all of his movies are just nothingness. I have no feelings towards Holland Spider-Man. Uh. It's the writing is so bad in this movie. It's worse than Far From Home, honestly. Uh, it's, it's a ridiculous. It's ridiculous. At, at I all times. I think you know, I disagree. Really, you think um, Far From Home's writing is better than this? Wait, like do I do I think No Way Home or Far From Home's writing is better? No Way Home. Sorry, my apologies. Oh yeah, No Way Home's writing is is better. Yeah. I think Far From Home is a worse film, but I think No Way Home. Has, but I think has better writing. Than I think it depends. Home. I think it depends on what you're talking about because I think I think some of the, uh, I think the writing is more tied together. I think it's tighter in No Way Home. Like I think it's more focused. But there is there are some awkward dialogue, and I mean, I don't know. They're kind of in the same boat, writing wise, for me. I guess now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah. But I, I, I guess okay. I think we should get like again to specific points. Like, is like you gave this movie a five? Me? Yeah. Five stars? No, you gave it a five out of ten. 
Uh, yeah. Alright, so maybe, like, why? Uh, okay. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, like, specific reasons why? Yeah. Weak writing, bland visuals, uh, no actual direction, uh, the CGI is still bad, it was a gigantic waste of time, the story doesn't move fast enough, uh... <laughs> you you don't think the story moves fast? A lot of people think the story moves too fast. Really? No. Um, the whole, like you said, the whole first act, up until the Aunt May's death in the movie, I think the story moves incredibly slow. No, I think there's a lot of great stuff beforehand. I think there's, um, I think really? when you have like, like a whole scene with like most of it's just so unnecessary. Uh, it, it's like honestly, this movie could have been like. You know, I don't know. I feel like this movie's just actually. I, I think like you think the pacing's too slow. No, I don't. Really? I think I think the pacing. I don't. I don't think the pacing's too slow. I think I think the pacing is great. I think in order to tell the story that you're telling, where it's a Spider-Man multiverse movie, and you have to get them there, and you have to get the villains there, and then you have to get the others there, and then you have to beat the villains, and and then P- Peter Earth six one six Peter is going through his own thing. I think in order to wrap all that up, I think you need that the runtime and the pacing that it has. I think um, it's just me. Like I think I've noticed this with like every Marvel movie now that I just like think the pacing is really slow. Um, that's I think it's really because, weird. Like, I think I'm just like completely bored out of my mind through all, all these movies now. And I just like sit there just waiting for it to end. You know, it's going to be hard to argue this because I think you're just, I think you're fatigued. And I think, like, we, we talked about it already. And I told you guys, like, having a lot of moral fatigue. And like, yeah, I feel like the grind to keep watching, even though I actually hate everything I've watched from them now. Um, but, like, I can't stop because I know, like, eventually I'll have to watch, like, Avengers Kang Dynasty and I'm going to have to catch up on all this stuff. And I'd rather just watch all these movies now and just have like a mediocre reaction and take a break and then have to binge all of them right before another movie. Yeah, I think that's the difference is just because like if anything, if if anything, No Way Home prevented me from getting any sort of moral fatigue, even like I, I don't think I was ever close, but I think No Way Home prevented that because in my, I think No Way Home is like... <sighs> I think not only do I think it's one of the best MCU movies, I think, I think, okay, so then, oh, okay, so I know the answer to this because you, because you weren't Marvel fatigue, but okay, why, you, we both love Sam Raimi Spider-Man 2. Yes. So why do you love Spider-Man 2? It's the perfect, it's the perfect story of showing the difference between a hero and being heroic. It's, it's honestly, like, Solely based on the story perspective, like mm-hmm. I think Spider-Man Two has a better story than Into the Spider-Verse. I think story-wise, it's probably the best use of we've seen of Spider-Man's character. Uh, I, yeah, I, I think love... live-action-wise, I think that used to be the case, but now I think it's No Way Home. You're joking. No, because what Spider-Man Two did greatly, which was adapting the Spider-Man No More comic, which is amazing, and it's one of my favorite Spider-Man comics, is they did it threefold in No Way Home, where I think I honestly think that No Way Home, in, in regards to live action movies, where Peter's a built or Peter's um, need to do the right thing or decision making in order to do the right thing was tested the most. 
because with Spider-Man 2, it was kind of different. Spider-Man 2, Peter's lesson was, um, it might, Peter's, Peter wasn't personally hurt by Doc Ock. Peter was more like, uh, Peter was, it was more a decision between being Spider-Man or being Peter and deciding that he has to do what he, ha- he has to be Spider-Man, even if it might cause detriment to his personal life and he might have to put that behind him. And Tom Holland goes through that in No Way Home, but what he also goes through is he gets personally affected by the Green Goblin when the Green Goblin kills someone he cares about, and it was his argument that made him stay in that world. And so Peter has to go through the weight of that, and he has to decide. And then even in the, in, the, in the end, when he has the chance to kill him, he has to decide to let him go, which I I, I think that's, like, we'll touch on it because I think the final scene really does it in but I think that that's like that's Spider-Man through and through. No, I'm so sorry, Gavin. Uh, oh, come on. <laughs> no, no way home does not even handle the same themes on a on the same level of Spider-Man too. It's just Dude, they totally do. No, 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 Gavin. Let me let me speak, my my sweet child. My sweet sweet child. No, uh, <laughs> this this movie's a complete joke. It just like I, you're you're obviously a bigger Spider-Man fan than I am, but they just kick it to the curb, my man. Like the entire concept of of Peter Parker, Tom Holland's Peter Parker being a hero, is not even in the same vein of how they handle it with Raimi Spider-Man Two, where you see him go through the moral challenges of being a hero, because. Uh, I'm okay. going to get into it. Wait, hold okay. on. I'll, I'll say one thing I really enjoyed yeah, get about into this it. movie um, was when was the reveal of of when Andrew and Toby came to speak with him and he was at the top of the school building yeah. uh, because he was really sad. That was probably one of the more emotional scenes. And I think what struck me was because like, that was like the first hint in this entire trilogy I got of anything that resembled how Raimi handled Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man. In a sense that where we see how his morals got in the way of, of something that he cared about, which was an aunt dying. You know, and we saw that it was because of he tried to do the right thing of yeah. why that happened. But throughout the whole rest of the movie is, is just completely forgotten because instantly afterwards, it's like we just go through this again because they, they have this whole re- revelation after uh, after the big fight, you know, when he's trying to kill Green Goblin. And I'm like, dude, let me just go through this again. Like, like why, are, why are we, like, we just had the whole talk about how you have these feelings and that you no, right that's thing. no that's the good part though it's it's different when he's talking about it with other hymns and then even and then and then they go to the lab and then he looks at green's out goblin's cure and toby mcguire's like we got to cure them all and then he's still reluctant then and then he gets to the green goblin fight and he's and it's he's practicing that talk and he has to finally choose whether or not he wants because he wants to kill him that's what he wants yeah and he has to actually take the talk that they had process it and use it and decide okay i can either kill him and avenge my aunt or i can cure him and be and be what my and be what my aunt wanted was and wanted to be and wanted me to be so it's not like he forgot about the talk it's just the talk happened but it's no no it's not i'm not saying that it's just like it felt like 
it could have been better written. It could have been better handled. Uh, and that's like my main issue with the Spider-Man trilogy, the Holland one, is that it's just not well thought through. You know, I feel like it's like regarding that specifically, it's just like there's there's such sm- such a small amount of time between the two in in the actual story itself, not in the actual theater, but like in the story itself. Yeah, that it feels like it could have been better fleshed out uh, where Peter's head was at throughout the whole experience. I mean, it kind of has like a time limit. Yeah. Like, yeah, because his identity is revealed. I know, but I'm saying that they could have fleshed out his head, the story of himself while they're doing it. You get what I'm saying? I kind of, but I feel like he's fleshed out, or maybe it's just me already like knowing. I like, it's hard to tell with Marvel movies now. I don't know if it's that. I I feel like it's obviously a very straightforward story, but like it doesn't handle like any really complex ideas. But you know, it's just I disagree. And the reason I disagree is because my favorite scene in the movie is actually how the movie actually ends. And I think this. I think that's. I think not. Not the Green Goblin or choosing not to kill the Green Goblin or even the three Spider-Man stuff. I don't think any of that is the best part of the movie. I think that what really makes No Way Home the most accurate depiction of the essence of Spider-Man for me is the ending of the movie where he goes and he and after he lets the world forget about him, which that also goes into why No Way Home is amazing. But um when he's going to get MJ back and he's going to convince MJ that like who he is and what they've been through. And he has the paper with him and his goal walking into that coffee shop is to convince her. And then he gets in front of her, he orders a coffee and he's about to say it. And he, so he's about to go through with it and do something that was, and go through with a completely selfish act until he sees the bandage on her forehead and then he takes a moment and you can tell that he realizes that she was harmed because she knew me. And then instantly, or not instantly, but like, and then this thing that he'd been planning to do, he just decides not to. And he knows that he's going to be depressed and he knows that he's never going to be happy or as happy as he once was when he was with MJ and when MJ knew who he was. But he knows that that's not what's important. And what's important is that the only way he can keep her safe is if she never met him in the first place. And then he goes in and then he's, and then Peter Parker isn't a thing anymore. He's just Spider-Man by the end of the movie. It's a sweet scene. Uh, hadn't really touched me that way. But I'm glad like that, that... Like, it, it didn't touch me the first, well, the first or second time because those times I was all focused on the, on the Spider-Man. But the third time I watched the movie, that scene hit me because that's that's always been what Spider-Man was to me. Because the first time I watched it, my friends and I had gone to the car and we all talked about what Spider-Man was to us and like in what kind of version we prefer or how Spider-Man affects us. And I said that my ever since I was a kid, like very young kid, my favorite version of Spider-Man was always, always the Spider-Man that didn't get the girl. It wasn't Raimi's Spider-Man. It was the Spider-Man that either like Andrew where the girl dies or Peter or Tom or Holland where he just he just doesn't get the girl I, th- I always thought like that's what Spider-Man is to me where 
he just doesn't like I, I I superhero is always more interesting to me when that happens like how Tobey Maguire in No Way Home he was like yeah we made it work after a long time and I don't know like that's just I feel like that kind of undermines it for me like it's sweet but I think the whole point of Spider-Man is that what you personally want or personally feel that you might need to be happy doesn't come above doing the right thing for others but I get what you're saying um I don't know if I'm right there with you I feel like Spider-Man as a character in this movie uh it's a touching story it's it's a very touching film but like it's not like anything I haven't seen before and it's not like that scene made me feel any differently from how the rest of the movie made me feel which was bland and bored and it was dull yeah that's unfortunate yeah, I mean... I also just think, like, Willem Dafoe in Green Goblin, he was better in this one than he was in the first Spider-Man. Oh, by far. No, Willem Dafoe was the highlight of this movie. Like, Willem regardless. Dafoe was amazing, and the fight with Spider-Man was one of the best fights in the MCU. Hmm. Okay. Like, in the hotel. Oh, uh... Hmm. Yes, okay. dude, come on. I mean... That fight's good. so good. It would be so good if they weren't cutting to Jay Jonah Jameson like every two minutes. And... Cut to him like twice. Yeah, like every it's like a seven minute fight, dude. They cut to him like twice in it. Whatever. It was it was fine. It was fine. It was it was cool. It was a good fight. Uh, I have no. I don't really have much to say on it. I mean, like the fight itself. Yeah, the fight itself was just. Okay, I mean, I, yeah, I, I just I just think it's all these aspects combined. Like it's the fight, obviously, singularly isn't going to make the movie great. But I think having Willem Dafoe give his better performance as a Green Goblin, having some of the better fight choreography in at least at the very least recent MCU memory, and then actually getting the story of Spider Man right, plus integrating the three Spider Man right and bringing their stories and not ruining them and actually improving like Andrew's Spider-Man, like from his films, you know? Yeah, sure. Andrew, uh, Andrew for me is the standout of the movie. Sure. Damn. <laughs> Damn. No, I, I think my standout would probably be William Dafoe, but you know, Andrew is great. I think of the Spider-Man, probably. Are you okay, Gavin? No. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. You see where I'm coming from, though, right? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I always, like, tell people where it's, like, if you want to talk about Marvel with me, I'm going to be very, like, Marvel, it's a, like, it's like it's literally the foundation of of me. So it's, like, so it's hard. Okay. But, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's just a movie. Uh, and this movie was just kind of mediocre. I'm sorry. It's just, Damn. it's not my thing. Uh, After this call, I'm going to rewatch No Way Home now. <laughs> yeah, no, I I just, I walked out of it, like, the, like my fifth time watching this movie. And I just was like, yeah, I'm too tired. I'm, I'm done. I never want to watch another Spider-Man No Way Home again. That would be the best choice for all of us i think you're more bored of just marvel in general 
that that's true because I like I think so, it's infecting I think it's infecting No Way Home. I I don't know about that because like what did I give it originally? I gave it three and a half stars. Yeah, which was already like one of the lower lower scores of it being received when it came out. Yeah, no. First of all, four point two average on Letterbox when it first came out. I was like, there's no way. There's yep, no way. It's accurate. There's no way. And it's I watched accurate. it I and I was like, it. what are you guys talking about? I'm like, oh, you guys are just being blind, blinded by the fi- by the fan service. You're blinded by the fan service. But it's good fan service. Like, there's good and bad fan service. Yeah, no, no, no. I think it's good fan service. I think they weave the characters in well. But like, you guys are overhyping it just because of the fan service. Like, I remember. But, I, I, know, I don't know. Letterbox knows what's up. It's four point two. I know I complain about it often, but I hate when I go to a Marvel movie, and there's people clapping throughout the, the film. It pisses me off. And you know, Spider-Man oh, No well, Way Home. Yeah, I'm not laying. I'm not. I'm not letting it affect my my rating, of course. But like it, like no, but, but like people are clapping throughout this whole movie, and I'm like thinking to myself, maybe it's me. Maybe it's me who's who's wrong, who thinks that this movie is mediocre. Because, like, I remember when I walked out, I was like, uh, three stars or three and a half. And I gave it three and a half just because I wanted to be non conflict. Like, I, I didn't want any conflicts with anyone. I, I, you and, know, here, I, and, and then here we are arguing about it. I'm kind of wimpy in that way. Like, we're like, if like a movie, like, if I think a movie is like worse than it actually is, I, like, the safe rating is always the three and a half stars. You know, you can like rate critically acclaimed movies three and a half stars and you can rate really bad movies three and a half stars without people getting too angry at you so like i usually yeah that's the safe rating you know uh as Gemma grace would call it it's the perfect rating uh (laughs) yeah yeah no but like i so i was like yeah i don't want to give it three stars i don't want gavin looking at my letterbox and yelling at me (laughs) so i i gave it three and a half and then like i I rewatched and i was like yeah there's some good stuff in here i gave it four I think it was because on my second watch, there was like less people yelling, and I was with some friends, so it was like a little bit more of a fun experience. In my third watch, I was like, "This movie's shit." I'm gonna give it three stars, I, and that was being generous. And then, like, I watched it again, and I fell asleep throughout the whole movie. And then I came to the theater today, or not today, like a week ago, and I watched it. And I was like, "Yeah, this movie's bad. This movie's really bad." It, I mean, dude, I just don't know how you can give No Way Home the same rating as like, as like, as like. Name one of my other two and a half star movies, Gavin. Please, I want you to. Like you gave it the same score as Black to. as Black Widow. I'm pretty sure. Mm. Like, bro, what? Yeah, Black Widow needs to be lower. That's that two and a half. Okay, wait, that's not what I meant. All right, hold on. <laughs> oh, like, dude, no way you cannot actually look me in the eye and tell me that no way home the gray man and league of super pets are all the same quality league of super pets is better oh okay kyle look bro love you <laughs> but this is bad this is, see, this is i mean i think i think you're just like tired of marvel like i think i actually very much enjoyed league of super pets i think i told you that on the podcast actually yeah, i, I watched league of I, I watched League of Super Pets on my birthday, and I was like, this movie's kind of fun. I kind of like it. <laughs> League of Super Pets is better than No Way Home. Uh, yeah. Messed up. No Way Home is the same score as Uncharted, bro. Oh, yeah. Bro. No, that movie sucks. I, you know, I'm I'm very generous to Tom Holland. I don't want a Tom Holland stance to attack me. 
Okay, this yeah, this is the one. No Spider-Man No Way Home and The Matrix Resurrections, same score. What's wrong with that? That was the fourth one. Yeah, what's wrong with that? The Matrix Resurrection, I have it as a three, and I and I hate myself for that every day. Like Matrix Resurrection, dude, they're not even in the same like you can't you like mentioning in the same sentences, it just isn't the way. Like I don't think you understand like how many people have Matrix Resurrections at five stars. Like I no, think you I just... do, and it hurts me. Yeah, I've, I've read the reviews. Yeah, yeah, like, no, Venom, but I, like, I, dude, like, Venom two, like what? Like I'm like I think you know, like I, I'm pretty sure we're in unpopular, we're in an unpopular area of like disliking it. I feel like there's a lot more people who love Matrix Resurrections and people who hate it. No, it's got a two point nine average. Does it? Yeah, but I know like it's like it's like like normal Watasi stuff where like the ratings are like really manic. Like there's like a lot of fives and a lot oh, of yeah. ones. Yeah. It's like you know, like how like Speed Racer has like an insane graph. Like all the Wachowski's movies have insane graphs. Yeah. Yeah. Man, but, I don't know. Dude, that's so tragic. That, that really that sucks. Like also the acting is really bad in No Way Home. What? Except for Defoe. Except for Defoe and Andrew. You don't, okay, you you don't think Tom Holland's good. You don't think Tom Holland's good? Uh, I like really? him in the, third, in the third act. I think he's great in the second act. Nah. At least, I mean, like, I think he's great. I think he's great in the whole no, thing, but the, he, at least he the genuinely, third act. Like, in the... After Aunt May's death, that's when it gets really good, which is like the second half of the second act. Um, yeah. Like the second half of the film, that's when Tom Holland gets good. Uh, everything else, he's like kind of just like mid. I I also think it's mostly I I mostly think it's the writing. I think the writing is probably affecting my views on that because like I think he's poorly written in the first. Yeah, act. I mean the, it was a rushed production for and the screenplay just in general like they didn't like they said they were writing yeah. it as they filmed it and you can tell it's not like they hit it the best. Um. I think I think for the product we got for something like a Marvel movie being written as they filmed it, I think they could have been so much worse. But um Yeah, but like I like look at this movie. Jamie Foxx was terrible in this. No nah, man, he was fine. Like dude, like he wasn't no, there's he no, wasn't no. terrible. He you was, believe, he did you believe any line he said in this movie? Yeah. Really? Yeah, when he said gotta be careful where you yeah, when he said gotta be careful where you fall, dude. <laughs> Okay, that okay. <laughs> that He's right. He's right. You that, gotta be careful that, where you fall. That was a funny line. Okay, you're right. The whole bad of eels thing. Like I liked when they were all like when all of those were talking about like how they died. That was funny. Yeah. But um no, Jamie Fox was for the most part pretty mid in this movie. I thought he was funny. Alf, Alfred Molina, he was trying, but it's Alfred like Molina was good. But like it was like the writing was really bad for him. So like he never had much. But to he work made with. it work. He was trying, yeah. Like Alphamino was genuinely trying. Uh Defoe was 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 overacting. Defoe was which, a king. Which was good for this movie because it saved it. Uh I thought Marissa Tomei was good. Sure. She's this was the best she has been in the Spider-Man movies. For sure. Uh but for and then the dude, part, and then our boy Charlie Cox coming in saving the movie. Yeah, I mean a Daredevil cameo was rad. That's yeah, like it was so be- dope. That that was the best part of the more fun stuff edition. Yeah, it was. Yeah. 
Yeah, everything yeah, okay. else. Okay, so was... just like so, I feel like we should cover this briefly. More for stuff edition. It was not worth it. I don't think it's a waste of money. It's a waste of money. Don't waste your money. What are you yeah, doing? Yeah, especially since it was only. I think it was only releasing either 4D or standard. Um, you know what you can do with sixteen dollars, guys. You know, you know how many things you can do with sixteen dollars. Donate that to your local abortion fund. Donate that. That's to, a good don't, point. Yeah, don't 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 watch the more fun stuff edition. Donate that to like your donate that to your church. I don't know. Do, do no, pers- don't do no. Wait, no, we're not. No, we're not promoting. No, religion's different. We're not promoting that on here. No. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Donate to your abortion fund or buy yourself like a nice dinner. A nice dinner for sixteen dollars. <laughs> you can Bro? get like you can get like seven McDonald's Big Mac. I don't know, man. Yeah, it's not worth it except for the Charlie Cox thing. It was a waste of time. Um, I disagree because I got to watch No Way Home again, but you know, it's just the way it is. Um, <sighs> I think even though we did talk about how the visuals, for the most part, can be bland. I thought it was great. It was all gray, like every no, other. Marvel I thought movie. that during the second act, after Marissa Tomei had died, and that was color, sta- and yeah, and he's st- and he there's color, and he's standing in front of the billboard. I thought that was really great. No. What? Dude, when no. it's, dude, what? What are you, you talking about? Good, you don't think that was a good-looking shot when he's standing in front of the billboard and he and it's raining and stuff? You uh, that... It's all CGI, though. Well, I don't, I don't care if it's all... Like, Avengers Endgame is all CGI. It looks great. Infinity Wars has some of the best cinematography in 2018. It's all CGI. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Like, he just said Infinity War has some of the best cinematography of 2018. Okay, dude, listen, dude, hold come on, on. just come a on. second. All right, hold yeah, man, on. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing no, this. No, just a second. I don't mean it. It should have been. It shouldn't. It's like not nomination worthy, but it's obviously not. Like I'm not. When I say the best, I mean I just mean like it looked beautiful, and Thanos's arm hair was very. <laughs> It was very realistic. Okay, that's all I'm saying is that I don't get why we're I don't get why CGI matters when it comes to cinematography. Okay, are 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 you one of those? Are, so like, there's been a very big debate, especially with between Marvel movies about. Yeah. Have you seen it? It's been like yeah, really I popular. Yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's been like, does visual effects are they considered cinematography? Because like it's just a green screen. So like a lot of people have been like it's become a really big debate, which I was surprised it hasn't been bigger in the past because like I think it really bubbled over around the time of Doctor Strange and Thor, yeah, like post No Way Home, but Be- mm-hmm. because like now it's like something that people are like talking about after every single Marvel trailer comes out, yeah, and yeah, I'm surprised that it's like it hasn't been bigger in the past. I feel like uh, Marvel's always had really bad cinematography. And they've always used green screen to cover that up. And uh, they've used a lot of gray color palettes to hide the amount of CGI that they actually use. So, like, I'm surprised that you're on the other side of the argument. I thought you'd be on the side of visual effects do not count for cinematography. I'm not I'm not on the other side of the argument. I think, I think you have to take it down to the specific movie. Like, so okay, well, specifically okay, well, for this- okay. Well, I'm confused because then people like love Avatar because of the cinematography. Yeah, but Avatar it still uses real world scenes. They're using 
CGI to like above it. Like it's still well, Mar- Marvel does Mar- Marvel does that too. Not really. Like if you like, can I use Spider Man as an example? This, yeah. this movie, like the Statue of Liberty scene. It, like, oh yeah, no, that's all CGI. It, yeah, but like, okay, even with the billboard scene, it's clearly shot in front of a green screen. Yeah, but I'm uh, saying, I'm saying, like films, like, like you just touched on, like Doctor Strange. I don't know about Thor because I haven't seen the the making of that one yet. But Doctor Strange, they use they use green screen in, in model, like, and then they mixed it in with real sets. Like they like my favorite shots of Doctor Strange are the ones where he's in. Basically, that's Raimi. Yeah, that's Raimi. Well, and then well, they they also do it for scene for film for um for things like Loki, which Loki also had great cinematography, and for um. Well, WandaVision cinematography was only great, like in the first half. But or, did you uh, see that Chloe Zhao had to beg Kevin Feige to shoot on location? Yeah, that's well, so funny. Then, yeah, but see, but then you get that, and Internals is like the most mid Marvel movie. So, are you saying she should have shot on a green screen? I think you think that would no, have made of course the quality I'm not any I'm better. Just, not, of course, I'm not saying that. I'm I'm just saying that it's not a determinant. I'm saying that Eternals looks great. But I think that there are other Marvel movies that look great that have CGI reinforced. I think it's just all about the specific film. I don't think it's about... I don't think you can take it in an all-or-nothing approach. I get what you're saying, but like... Like, you have to target the specific movie, or uh, or at the very least, the specific shot. Because... Okay, yeah, okay, well, looking at Spider-Man, it's very clear that, like, a large portion of that is CGI. Yeah. Like, every shot of New York is, like, literally CGI. Like, uh, like when he's like swinging through to get to the fight with Sandman and Jamie Fox, like people were talking about how good the cinematography was, and I was like, "Yo, what? What are you talking about? This is Wait, all what? CGI." Like people were talking about how good the cinematography, like when he was like swinging on the power lines. Yeah, people thought that like, cinematography was like something worth noting. Yeah, I I have no idea. I think like these people have never seen a long shot before. Yeah, but... I think yeah, I think that's just people who have never seen a long shot. Like okay, for all those listening yeah. at home, I'll always I will always go for location shooting over CGI shooting when when it comes down to brass tacks. When it comes down to it, you can always just tell, and it looks more natural, and it looks it just looks better, especially when you have a good director behind it. However. I think there are talented. I think there are plenty of directors that are talented enough to make it great to make it into great cinematography. That's fair. That is fair. I think no. it's all just about the specific creator, but majority of the time, location shooting is the way to go for sure. You want to talk about like great cinematography use use with VFX? 3,000 yeah. years of longing. My lord. George Miller did such a great job with blending in actual production True. design and visual effects. I wish that they would... I want George Miller to do a Marvel movie. That'd be awesome. But that would be that awesome. Would, but that would never happen. He would never do a Marvel movie. He would never sell out like that. Yeah. I'm I'm terrible. I just said sell out. I don't want to make it sound like um, directors would do Marvel uh, yeah, movies sell out. And then, there's a, and then there's obviously films like Blade Runner 2049 and Inception. Where, yeah, but the CGI is like like Nolan and and Villeneuve. They clearly know that the CGI is used to benefit. Yeah, exactly. Design. That's what I mean. It's like Marvel definitely with, does yeah. not do that. Marvel, Marvel doesn't uses use CGI way, no. to like actually make their sets. It's it's like not it's not the same. It's no nowhere near the same. Nowhere near the same. Sorry. 
Yeah, no, it's yeah. not. I'm just saying that. I'm just saying that people often they don't talk about those movies when they talk about CGI, the virtual um, visual effects. They only talk about Marvel. Yeah, and I will say that that discussion, like especially with like something like Blade Runner, a lot of shots that people will like point to when they're talking about cinematography or like scenes that are definitely all CGI. Yeah. So like I'm like still like yeah, I mean that's not really cinematography. And, like, it's the same people who, like, bash on Marvel for it. Like, Blade Runner definitely has, like, an abundance of CGI. But I think it also has a lot of really great cinematography that's not, like, in all green screen areas. Yeah. But, like, it's very clear that a lot of areas that a lot of people are really impressed by are the ones that are all CGI. So, like, I still feel like Blade Runner 2049 could fit into that argument of, like, it's kind of stupid that people consider this cinematography. But... Blade Runner just, genuinely, Blade just, Runner genuinely has good cinematography. Yeah, like Blade Runner twenty four nine. Whether you're talking about the VFX shots or the um or the natural shots, they all just look really great. Yeah. Um. I mean, Deacons is the goat. Yeah, you know, Deacons is the goat, and it's still my favorite Villeneuve film. And um, you know, but and and if you want, even if you want to touch on it recently with stuff like Dune, um, Greg Pager is also kind of goaded. Yeah, like it's just it's more about the director and the studio making it. Like mm-hmm. and of course the director of photography. Yeah, of course the DP, the DP. It's I think whether it counts as cinematography or not, I think to a certain degree it doesn't really matter. I think if it were I think as long as it achieves its goal and like I don't really you know. Yeah, like I'm, I'm not looking forward to it because I think we're gonna have to live through the whole redefining of what cinematography is. You know, like I, I think, think it's. I think, I think that conversation is gonna happen during our lifetime. No, for sure, because especially as we move to a more digital age, every single day, less and less directors shoot on a film. Every single day, more and more directors are using CGI. I mean, we basically seen like, basically the destruction of the mid-sized uh, budget movie. Like you don't see many more, you don't see many films in the fifty to hundred million dollar range being made anymore. I think yeah. with the Northman, it kind of showed that it was kind of flop now. Which is um, so sad. I don't even like thinking about that. Yeah, I mean it's like because I try either, to do it sucks. Either I small indies or big blockbusters, huh? Yeah, yeah. I tried because I yeah. tried to tell everyone to go see the Northman, and it just, you know. Honestly, I think if the Woman King flops, I think we're definitely not gonna have any more mid-sized blockbusters. I think it'll all be movies under fifty million or above, like a hundred twenty. After that, mm-hmm. like I think, I don't want to say like it's gonna be just a Woman King, but I think it'll be like definitely a, sh- a like a start of like a slow death of the mid-sized blockbuster. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, that's that's the vibe. We have some disagreements about Spider Man. Yeah, I mean it's okay. Yeah, at least we, at least we both agree that Into the Spider Verse is the best Spider Man movie. Yes, we do. There we go. Yes, that's some. That's something we agree on. There we go. Yes. Yeah. It I was. Mean, was I, it your favorite? It was your second favorite of twenty eighteen, right? First, okay, yeah, and Spider Verse is my favorite film of 2018. Yeah, okay, awesome. Yeah, it, it so. was my second favorite. 
Oh, yeah, after Sorry to Bother You. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Peak cinema. We should do a Sorry to Bother You episode. Sure. I haven't seen it since 2018. So You have it like three and a half stars, and that's a ridiculously low score. What? Do you not? How how much do you have it at? I thought I had it in four and a half. Oh, if that's your score, then yeah. That was actually a big contender yeah, I for four last and week. Half. Calm down. <laughs> that was a big contender for last week's episode because we were like, we were like, like if we did an anti-work movie, sorry to bother you, would obviously be the best yeah. one. Um, but yeah. Anyways, yeah. Let's uh wrap it up if you're done. What's your score for Spider-Man No Way Home, Gavin? My score for Spider-Man No Way Home is a 4.5 out of 5, 9 out of 10. I think it's great. I think that it nails Spider-Man better than any other live-action Spider-Man film. And I love it, and it means a lot. And, um, and I don't care. Yeah. I am going to say it is... 2.5 out of 5. I feel like I said a lot of nonsense in this episode. Like the same score as the Gray Man? Bro. The same score as the Gray Man. The Russo brothers and John Watch are both bozos, in my opinion. Yeah. So I did say this in one of our episodes, but I had to edit it out because the episode ran too long. But I'm going to go off about them now. The Russo brothers are the worst people ever to ever direct a single movie of all time i said that wrong the russo brothers suck (laughs) they're the worst people ever i hate them i hate them so much they're pretty Uh, boring no they're just bad people people, no like in terms of like how they treat the cinema industry oh yeah a little bit yeah a little bit yeah like the way that like you know they yeah, really, we talk, yeah, we talked about this. We had to cut this out. I know. I had to cut it out of the episode because, like, my audio got all wonky. Okay. And then, uh, I feel bad. I'm so sorry, Gavin. But I'm going to no, go you're off. Good. Yeah, again. But you're, yeah, you're right. You've already heard this argument. But, no, the Russo brothers are terrible. I hate them so much. I can't keep doing it. I can't keep doing it. Every time that I make a comment, it pisses me off. Because, like, they ruin the dynamics between theaters and studios with their stupid Marvel movies, and then they leave theaters high and dry, and then go to Netflix, make the Gray Man, and then call theaters an elitist notion, saying that it's an elitist thought to go to the cinema. Brother, my brothers in Christ, you're the <laughs> ones who made that an elitist notion to go to the cinema because now you've ruined movies for so many people, for so many people. And then they have the audacity to say that making their their Marvel movies gray was intentional. No, it wasn't. You, you made it gray because you have no sense of style and that you overused all the CGI in all your Marvel movies. I I cannot stand the Russos. They're they're absolute worse people. They are they ruin they make me less inclined every single day I see a comment from them to like actually consider being in the film industry like because i know that they've made the industry worse for others by making it harder to get people the opportunity to make their movies and it's sad it's sad because like they're, they're just like the biggest bozos ever i can't i can't do it anymore gavin yeah call it the yeah. russos 
Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, as much as you're right on, on them as people and them as workers in the industry, and as much as I might love the Marvel, uh, like the, the, the four Marvel movies they made are some of my favorite Marvel movies with Endgame and Infinity War and Civil War and Winter Soldier. And I think specifically for Winter Soldier, the great works, but I think that's coincidence. I don't think it's because of them. Like, you can definitely tell that they only use gray because, like you said, they lack a sense of style once you watch Cherry and once you watch The Gray Man. And she's like, no, that's just the only color you know how to film. And it's just like... No, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's just mostly that they, they piss me off. They only, yeah, like, no, like da, the, da, the, the da, theater da, thing pissed me off, yeah. No, the audacity for them to leave theaters high and dry and say it's an elitist notion to go to the cinema. Yeah. And that, that pisses me off because you're the ones who ruined it for everyone else. You're the ones who screwed over every other indie movie and screwed over every other mid-sized budget movie with your stupid Marvel movies. And you have the audacity to leave them high and dry. And like go to Netflix and then say it's an elitist notion to go to the cinema. Like, no, stop, stop. Yeah, they think they're hot shit after Endgame, and they, I think know, they can it's do actually whatever they want. Yeah, it it's just like it's like the they have such egos now, like ugh, it pisses me off. Yeah, but and then and because they're not why their Marvel movies work. No, it's it's honestly like Kevin Feige. Like we we sh- I've shit on Kevin Feige a lot, but it's you have to admire what he's done as a producer to make this whole idea work. You know, it's crazy, yeah. but, you know, to think that you can make something that spans this much. Like, I might have some Marvel fatigue now, but, like, I probably will never stop admiring what Kevin Feige has built, you know. I, no, I it's still, one of the most impressive cinematic achievements of all time. Yeah, I think Marvel movies still have an important place. I just wish that, I, I wish that he was more concerned with how he affects the whole marketplace. You know, yeah, he must yeah. know what he's doing, and he must know that when Marvel does something, it affects everyone else. So I also I, think I, it, I also think to a certain point it's beyond his control, unfortunately. Yeah, because think, while because while I agree, and it's it really does suck that I have to go to. Oftentimes, I have to go to a theater that's like. I have to go. I have to drive. I have to go to a theater that isn't technically local to me to see movies that are most likely going to be the best of the year. Even though that's a true fact. And it's the same stuff with things like with whenever like something happens with Amazon or whenever something happens with Disney. And it's just like, and whenever I see these YouTube videos where it's like Disney is ruining movie theaters, it's like, yeah, that's true. Yeah. But like, it's kind of our fault. Like, yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's I mean, because we we go to watch the Marvel movies and we you know, watch our, them. Our economic system times. runs on supply and demand. I don't think you can blame Disney is a soulless corporation at its heart. But I don't mm-hmm. think I don't think you can blame Disney for putting out more of what people pay for. That's how. No, of of course not. Like at the end of the day, he has to do what's best for the company. Um, yeah, but I do think there's a way of of making money for Marvel and making money for Disney without obviously doing it in a place where yeah. it affects every other movie because mm-hmm. it's pretty much a death sentence if any other movie opens up within like two weeks of a marvel movie yeah which is why i think them actually putting a lot of content on disney plus original uh yeah disney it helps plus first it, it's actually a, that's actually a good thing yeah it helps neuralize that a little bit but yeah 
And I also think I, I like obviously Kevin Feige doesn't need advice from me and he's never going to listen to this, but uh, I do, I do hope that he doesn't get too ahead of himself. You know, I think a lot of people, it's not just me who's suffering with from Marvel fatigue, but I think a lot yeah. of other people are. Um, and, you know, I think a lot of people are feeling the strength of having to keep up with everything that they're doing on top of their own daily lives. Like it was one thing when it was just three movies a year. Now it's like everything else. And, they have to scale up and Disney probably is putting a lot of pressure on him to do that yeah. to make sure that they keep their content up and keep Disney plus subscribers happy. So it's definitely something, uh, but yeah, it, it, it's kind of a messed up situation when you think about it. And it, it's kind of a double-edged sword because it's like, I remember when there was a time where Marvel movies were so bad and they were so, and there was no, there was nothing happening in regards to like a plan. And they were like, they were clearly just make like, like Fantastic Four and stuff. They were making money. They were making movies to keep IPs and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. And then now Kevin Feige is someone, Kevin Feige has been a producer since the beginning. He was a producer. He worked on, he was on set on the Raimi Spider-Man films. And, um, and now he's and now he's doing justice to characters that I know he loves and that he knows that a lot of other people love. And now it's kind of a double-edged sword because now that they're actually doing well and now the society is actually placing value in Marvel characters, it's hurting original IPs. Yeah. So I don't know. I wish like it's just that constant wish of like I, I just wish humans could do things in in kind of like a medium like why do we have to go so extreme one way or the other i don't understand i don't get it um russes are bozos russes are bozos bottom line as much as i love infinity war and endgame every other movie that they make is not good and winter soldier winter soldier is the best marvel and winter movie, soldier so. and i love civil war too i love all four movies that they made but they're not the reason they work they're kind of mid they got they got to realize that yeah don't let your ego get ahead of you. Yeah. And then don't screw over theaters and make derogatory statements to what made your career. Yeah. But and please, if you're looking if you go to the movie theater, watch Shotgun Maverick. Yes, watch Shotgun Maverick, but it's also just making a simple choice of looking at the Marvel movie that you're excited for that will be on Disney Plus in only a matter of time. And maybe going to see the movie that only has four screening times. And just choose to go see that instead because every ticket price counts. And there are a lot of theater chains, even the big ones. Regal just filed for bankruptcy like last week or so, something. Was that true? I saw a report that Cinemore was getting ready to file for bankruptcy, but like I didn't know if they actually Yeah, were do it. Regal just filed for bankruptcy and I haven't actually looked because I'm scared, but on their Instagram they put like they put like a link to a website and it was like here's a website where you can see the plan for what's happening with Regal. And um regal is my local theater that's where i go every weekend yeah gavin i unrelated i'm so so sorry for cutting you off but did yeah. you hear a movie pass is coming back i did yeah oh my gosh that's wild they just can't uh, stay dead i know so if regal limited doesn't pan out you can always move to movie pass yeah it's just i it's just regal like i've been going like it's just you know when you've been going to a building every week for the past four years you don't want that to go away you know mm-hmm. like i've been going to the same regal theater every friday since 2018 to watch new releases 
and and now they're filing for bankruptcy, and I'm sad. Yeah. AMC would have also filed for bankruptcy if it never became like a meme. Yeah. Like, dude, yeah. I went on Friday when I went to go watch um when I went to go watch my movies and I went to go see I saw breaking first, bro. The, the, it was just the employee, like there was no one even behind the concessions. It, I was the only person there. Yeah, when I went to watch Jaws, it was dead. It was pretty sad. I get yeah, pretty I sad. Mean, it sucks because like, you know, no one watches movies anymore. Yeah. Um, that are not Marvel, so. That's what I mean. I tried to tell people. I was like, when Marcel, when Marcel and Fire of Love and um and Northland were in theaters, I was like, guys, guys. No, I mean, I got like all my friends together to watch Miss Harris goes to Paris, and then they okay. Out. Well, I was very sad. Watch Miss Harris goes to Paris. Um, yeah, sure. Well, yeah. Okay, yeah. You know what? I actually want to try something. Um, maybe we can start doing this to wrap up because I know it's a wrap-ups are kind of short, but maybe just like a recommendation. Like it can be anything, like it doesn't have to be like a new release, but like just like any recommendation. Um, yeah, let's do that. Just like something that we can do like every episode, like unrelated to like the actual movie on that we were talking about, just like a random recommendation, like this week's recommendation from Kyle and Gavin. Yeah. You okay. want to go first? Yeah. Um, so uh, I'll just do where you can find me first. Uh, Instagram, at what G said. I barely post on there. It's my Instagram. I barely post reviews, but I try my best. I'm still writing. I still do try to post on, a t- on uh, like, at all. That's where you can find longer, more essay form stuff. And then Letterboxd at Gavin Solinger, where I log everything. I log every single thing that I watch. And even if I don't review it, you can really see what I'm watching and the score I give it. Um, and then my recommendation, I just saw a movie yesterday. It's now, I think it's a new t- in the top 10 for me of this year so far, Barbarian. It's one of the best, or it's one of the better horror experiences I've had in, in a while. It's, it's specifically, it's a lot like Mal- Don't Breathe Malignant and, um, and what was the other one I said? I said uh, X, but yeah. specifically Don't Breathe an X. It's very, it's really disturbing and it's really messed up. If you couldn't handle Don't Breathe or X, don't go see it. But if you're, but otherwise, if you can hang with any of the three movies that I just said, please go watch Barbarian. It's so good. It's so fun. It's like, just go see it. It won't be in theaters too long, but please go see Barbarian. Okay. Yeah. That's a, that's a good one. Um, I haven't watched it, but Gavin texted me and he was like very hyped about it. Um, so good. From- for me, I am going to go with, uh, I'll say myself first, Kyle Flynn on YouTube, because uh, I'm between nine on Letterboxd and Twitter, and KK underscore reviews on Instagram. Please follow me, follow Gavin as well. Mm-hmm. I am going to recommend The Muppet Movie, 1979. It's a good one. It's a good recommendation. I know. Base pick. I don't know From why. The Muppet Movie I, based. I was just... <laughs> I was just thinking about it, you know, the D twenty threes this this uh this week. Mm-hmm. The Muppet movie was not produced by Disney, but the Disney did buy the Muppets, and yeah. just in hope that we're gonna get some new Muppet content. I want something new Muppet related content this this weekend. Hopefully, or probably not, but hopefully, I am gonna recommend a Muppet movie, nineteen seventy nine. Uh, That's pretty base. Okay, yeah. 
Uh, so if you can go to the theater, watch Gavin's pick Barbarian. Yep. Uh, if not, stay at home, turn on Disney Plus, and watch the Muppet movie. Both are really, or, both are really good movies. Yeah, I haven't seen Barbarian, but I trust Gavin, and I trust that three point eight score on Letterbox, and that nine now, nine point ninety two on Rotten Tomatoes as well. So this movie is popping off. Dude, Very popping off. Yeah. You know, we never talked about Venice or anything. Oh. Nah, we'll, we'll say that oh, for well. next week when, yeah. when the Golden Lion gets announced. Okay. I love you all. I love yeah, you guys. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. I think this is a good episode. Bye, guys. I feel like we, we bounced around a lot, you know? I feel yeah, like we did, like... but that, I think that's fun. Yeah. Thank you, Gavin. Bye-bye, guys. Bye.